Data for the People, a Paris 21 bot crisis podcast. Hello and welcome back to this week's Paris 21 podcast, Data for the People, the podcast that discusses various perspectives on the coronavirus crisis on countries. Today we have with us Samuel Anim. He is the chief statistician of the Statistical Service of Ghana. You will hear in a second of how Samuel sees the crisis as a chance for a statistical service. He describes in very interesting detail of how the virus impacts a society that is so much dependent on being close to each other and how his statistical offices is reacting to the increasing demand of the policymaking and society for more and better data. Samuel is a very visionary leader in the statistical community, as you can see and hear from his various examples he provides of how he thinks to use this crisis as a chance to further reform his office. It's a fascinating and thought-provoking contribution. The floor is yours, Samuel. What is coming up in Ghana, which I think other countries might not be experiencing, that is what I term as the hidden dimensions. So we see instances where the COVID-19 is leading to a breakdown of the cultural system simply because now you're not too sure whom to interact with and the extent to which you have to interact with that person. So that strong social network cultural system that we have in um, Ghana is gradually being affected in ways that we are not too sure of. The other dimension is related to the cultural system in the sense of the fear, the insecurity that we find ourselves in, in terms of whether people are adhering to the directives that are being instituted as a result of the um, COVID-19. The other area would be the perspective of um, crime, which is emerging, and this can be partly attributed to the huge informal sector and the associated hardships that comes along with all the different um, forms of partial lockdowns that we see. So from my point of view, we still are living in a world where we are not too sure of the extent of effect, especially if your economy is characterized in a certain way. So in our case, one of the things that we did was after our first incidents, the president came out with effect from the 30th of March, some um, directives and those directives were related to restricted movement in the greater Accra region and greater Kumasi. As part of this, what we saw was that 40 districts within these areas were affected. But before that, that is the major partial lockdown. There was an, there was the initial directive that led to the lockdown of our border. So in addition to these 40 districts that were directly affected by restrictions in movement of persons, all the lockdowns associated with um, the borders in terms of carriage of um, persons across different countries also were affected partially. So directly we had 86 out of um, 260 districts to grapple with in terms of direct effect. But what we are beginning to see is that even the neighboring districts around these 80 districts were also um, affected. So as I indicated earlier on, gradually the effect of these things keeps evolving in different dimensions, which I term as hidden um, dimensions and related to the extent to which these things are affecting us. From my personal point of view, as the national statistician, this has 
given me the opportunity to raise a number of questions and although we are under partial lockdown i'm one of the people in the country that every day of the week i've had to come to work simply because this has really led us as a country to begin to appreciate the power of data so as a person is led to an increased work is led to a lot of thinking in terms of how um, the national statistical office can be more relevant to the fight against the pandemic I think what we're trying to get around in terms of these hidden dimensions, especially the social network, is getting the community to see this pandemic as a collective responsibility. And the community by themselves having interventions that will lead to transparency in terms of how each and every one goes about the handling of the pandemic. Because if we continue to remain in our individual houses and we don't know how individuals are managing or coping or are responding to the directives, we'll continue to remain in the dark. And because workplaces have found ways to continue to engage, just as we are doing, from my personal point of view, not backed by any evidence, I think communities should also take up that responsibility and begin to act collectively in terms of information sharing, how they are doing with it, even the disruptions in the supply of goods and services, how as a community they're going to help um, deal with it. But in my own community, this is not happening. I don't know whether it's happening in other communities. But one way I think we can deal with this to hold on to the strong social network that one would want to have in a community, we need to begin to think about how do we continue to engage in an open way, just as businesses and government institutions are doing through teleworking. In no uncertain times, the pandemic has disrupted our routine and planned activities, but it's really put to the fore the opportunity to showcase the power of data and statistics. We are all gripped to our um, televisions and internet to find out how there's changes in the number of test cases and the number of infections, associated death and recoveries. So by no intervention of ours, this pandemic has brought to the fore how we all need to get attached to data to help us as individuals to respond in a certain way so that we can keep um, safe. So that is one positive side that we see um, out of this um, pandemic. In terms of our routine and planned engagement, I must indicate that we've had to revise our data collection and release approaches. And this is for both the traditional um, services that we provide, i.e consumer price index, all the price statistics related um, indices and our um, output GDP um, related um, indicators. So we've had to rethink how we're going to put this data set in a way that will be relevant in this context. So just yesterday we had to do the release of our last quarter GDP. And I said to my staff that I'm not too sure whether this is what Ghanaians need, need at this point in time. And we put out the release and today in one of our major papers on the front page, I'm there saying that the economy grows. And as a statistician with an academic background, I'm asking myself, at this point in time, is it what we need as a country? I think what everybody is thinking about is how is COVID-19 impacting on our output? As I indicated earlier, Ghana recorded its first case on the 12th of March, and the 
um, lockdown occurred on, on the 30th of March. So clearly, even the first quarter of 2020, we are not likely to see the full impact. But in the second quarter, we are going to see the impact because for three weeks, we were under restrictions in movement in the greater Accra region and the greater Kumasi region. However, as a statistical office, we are going to release the second quarter um, GDP sometime after the first half of this year. And as a national statistician, as a national statistical office, I'm asking myself, is that when we have to release that data? So quickly, we need to come together and see how we can develop alternative mechanisms to give us a sense of how our GDP is going to drop both in the first quarter of 2020 and in the second quarter of 2020. So uh, the whole data collection approach, the release approach, we are rethinking the entire approach to make it relevant in a timely manner, in an accessible manner to the current um, global challenges that we are all facing. The other component that I think the pandemic is affecting us as an NSO is the scope of data that we collect. Certainly, we cannot continue to give out the data strictly in terms of CPI and GDP when what we are grappling now is issues related to health, issues related to the social dimension. So from GSS point of view, what we did at the initial stages was to engage and Flowminder and one of the telecos in the country, specifically Vodafone, to see how we can use core detail records to sort of assess the effectiveness of the partial lockdown. So we did a first release that clearly showed the extent to which the partial lockdown limited mobility across regions and across districts within the regions that we had the lockdown. We quickly sat down as management and said to ourselves that the Ministry of Health, the Ghana Health Service, is helping us with information on the number of test cases, the number of infection cases, the number of recoveries, and the number of deaths. So what can we do to support this process? We have developed a dashboard. And in addition to this data that we're getting from Ghana, um, Health Service, Ministry of Health. We've identified hotspots in the country that gives us a sense of areas where if infection evolves, the likelihood of spread and the likelihood of death is going to go up. And we use our past national data sets like the multiple indicator cluster survey, the demographic and health survey, the Ghana Living Standard Survey to pick up risk indicators, among which are places where we have high numbers of um, smokers, places where they do not adhere to washing of hands, basic health preventive things, places where we have high proportion of aged population and other indicators that would give us a sense of places that we call hotspots and where government would have to look at should the infection rate hit those places. So we have begun to think about the scope of data that we release to make sure that it helps in the fight against COVID-19. What this has also brought to the fore is giving us an opportunity to collaborate. As we speak, because of the pandemic, we are collaborating with both international development partners and institutions within the country, some of which are we collaborating with United Nations Development Program to roll out two tracks to help us assess the socioeconomic impact of COVID-19. So one track is looking at the effect on the local economy, and another track is looking at the effect on the businesses that we have in the country. And we are collaborating with UNICEF to see how this is going to affect household welfare issues, but more specifically from UNICEF's point of view, look at how this is impacting children. One of the things that we have to grapple with is what are the methodological implications of the changing approaches? So I'll give you an example. 
just as I said for GDP, we're trying to think about the same for CPI inflation. And now our thoughts were that we should be able to release our inflation figures for, for the month of April in a period that is shorter or closer to COVID-19 relative to the mid of the following month that we've been releasing our CPI inflation. So we've done a scan on what other countries are doing, and we see that all other countries releases this the current month inflation in the following month. And we are asking ourselves, if we are to take the decision of releasing CPI inflation just at the time that the month is coming to an end or a couple of days after the end of the month, would it be consistent with international practices? Or we can make an argument that in the in the space that we find ourselves in where we all say they are not normal periods, we can go ahead and do something like that. So we are mindful about all these variations and how consistent these variations are having on standard operating practices for national statistical services and international um, best practices. Within all these things that I've talked about, we are doing teleworking. The approach to teleworking puts further on how you can get all this done. But from my point of view as national statistician, one way I'm going about this is regular engagement with staff and emphasizing the fact that this is opening up new opportunities for us. So in as much as I appreciate the inconvenience and all that, we need to see this as an opportunity to put the Ghana Statistical Service where it belongs. It has been proven that data is relevant moving forward, but with COVID-19, it might have varying experiences for different countries. The kind of data that is being put out there across different countries vary in terms of scope, vary in terms of accessibility, vary in terms of mode of presentation, in terms of visualization, and therefore experiences across countries would vary. And even within the country is going to lead to who really has the right to put out an official statistics. And even if it's the NSO that has the right, functionally, has it got the clout to be recognized as the producer of relevant statistics? Or is the ministries, the department and agencies that have the resources or leading the, um, this process are the ones who have to release um, official statistics? In the case of Ghana, there's no qualms about that. The Ghana Statistical Service, per our Statistical Service um, Act 2019, clearly says that we have the responsibility to put out um, official statistics. But in the wake of this um, pandemic, we see the Ministry of Health and the Ghana Health Service, for obvious reasons, leading the um, data that we are all looking at. But then it's giving us, as a country, an opportunity to interrogate the data that we are getting from the government. So I took the pain as national statistician, but under the umbrella that these are my personal views and put out a statement on we being careful about the fact that the data that we are putting out there are individual country self-reporting data to clearly make the position that in the heat of the pandemic, yes, we want the data on a readily basis, but moving forward, we need to build pipelines which would help us quality assure data, even if it's coming from one ministry, the entire NSO system will be able to validate the data. The second thing that I put out there is for we to be cognizant of the fact that in the case of Ghana, the data that we are getting 
are not consistent in terms of frequency, then from an analytical point of view, I make a case that if we release data in this inconsistent manner, it would affect our ability to even predict the extent to which the infection rate is going to go to the point that it plateaus and the extent to which we're going to get recovery cases and death cases. So the point that I'm putting here is that it's tricky for us in the sense that if national statistical offices do not handle this process very well, it might go either way at the end of the pandemic. And from my point of view, I don't think generally African countries have put out data in a way that on a global scale, if you look at other websites that seek to report the pandemic, African countries, we see a lot of data gaps, we see a lot of irregularities. And this is where I think that NSOs should be proactive, NSOs should be anticipatory in terms of how these things are going to impact on them as the central data producers. And that is what informed the decision to put out a paper for all of us to begin to think about the need to work in harmony and the need to build pipelines which will allow us quality assure and appreciate the biases associated with the way we are releasing data. So my vision for the future is to get countries and the global community to invest more in data because this is the only opportunity where individuals are using data to inform themselves. From where I sit, we would have varied responses within countries and across countries. We have partially lifted our um, lockdowns and our president categorically made a statement that the lift is based on science and data. Clearly, the mention of data has come up and moving forward, the continuous use of data is coming up. So from where we sit as national statistical offices, what we really need to begin to think about is how do we leverage on these pronouncements, put out a lot more data so that when the crisis comes to an end, we'll be well prepared. So this ties in with what I said earlier on is to take advantage of COVID-19 in terms of data enhancement, actions should start now. And one of the things that we do now is thinking through the data demands post-COVID-19. Until we do that, we are not too sure how it's going to pan out in the country because we're going to be in a reactive mode. So the only way we can get there as national statistical offices is being in an anticipatory mode. And we can only do that if we stretch our engagement from a data production point of view to an, an, an analytical institution point of view. We are putting up a lot of descriptive analysis but we are not able to talk about relationships in terms of how they're going to help us recover post-19. So one of the things national statistical offices can take advantage of around this time, if they don't have the capacity, getting institutions that have the capacity to collaborate with them to begin to predict the length of time that is going to take to come back. Mm -hmm.